Okay, so I we're starting a series on overcoming uh, compulsive behaviors. That's talking about addictions, and uh, this is not uh, a, an area where we usually go into in church. However, it's a major area where a lot of people are going through issues. There are different kinds of addiction. Addiction to food, addiction to sex, addiction to alcohol, addiction to anger, addiction to gossip, addiction to words, addiction to people. You can't imagine that there's addiction to people. Addiction to people, addiction to different kinds. So we're looking at how to break these things. Now, let's read the scripture as a foundational, uh, you know, for this teaching, as a foundation for this teaching. Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4. And I'm going to read from verse 1. Galatians chapter 4. It says, Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differed nothing from his servant, though he be lord of all. But is under tutors and governors under the time appointed of the father. Even so we, when we were children, we were in bondage under the elements of this world. Now look at what the scripture is saying here. It's saying, look, as long as you are under age, as long as you are a child, there are certain blessings, increase that will not be handed over to you, even though it belongs to you. Are you following me? Now the Bible says we've been blessed with all kinds of spiritual blessings in heavenly places. The question I'm going to ask most time is that why don't I have that blessing physically here? Now you look at Galatians chapter 4. Go back to verse 1 there. Look at what it says. It says, the heir, as long as it's a child, is not different from a servant. Even though he's the Lord of all, he's the heir apparent. He's the one that is going to inherit everything, but... There's no difference between him and his servant. Why? Because he's underage. Because that child is underage, he's not going to get some level of blessing. He owns them. Let me give a, a very good example you can relate with. So we, you have um, uh, a, a rich man, extremely rich man. When the child was one year old, buys him a car, puts it in the garage. It's for him. When he's two, another car. When he's three, it's another car. So by the time the child is around four or five, he knows that he has cars and it belongs to him. So he's now six years old and says, Dad, I won't drive. Give me the car key. The father is going to say, no way. In order to protect him. Why? Because he's still a child. If he tries it, he's going to ruin himself, kill himself probably. Because he is not ready for such. Are you with me here? So I'm saying that there are certain blessings that belong to us. But because we can't manage them, it can't come. They are ours. In God. It belongs to us. But as long as you operate in that childhood mode you're not going to be able to access the blessing. That's what the scripture is saying here. Now follow me, please. 
verse 2 we are under they are under tutors governors until the time appointed by the father so the father determines oh this guy is now matured now he can have it it's not the one that we say no 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 i'm now mature give it to me no it's the father that's that says that all right you know the scripture says somewhere it says uh study to show yourself approved you know you show yourself to god that i'm ready for this now verse 3 look at it even so we when we were children we were in bondage under the elements of the world so there is certain time that we were children and the and the symptoms of that childhood stage was that we were under the elements of this world the elements of this world were controlling us the demonic uh, forces the, the the power of hell as it were because we were children there was bondage and we are under those elements but the bible says in verse 4 when the fullness of the time was come god sent forth his son come on say amen verse 5 to redeem them that were under the lord that we might receive the adoption of sons so it's god's solution to childhood is sonship are you following me he sends his son into our heart so when we accept him and follow him then we are adopted as sons and all of a sudden we are ready to enjoy the blessings that god wants us to have verse 7 wherefore you are no more a servant but a son when you are in that childhood stage when you allow your body and your carnal nature to dictate to you and tell you what to do then you're a child and you're under the elements of this world you know the bible talks about the dictates of the flesh and the dictates of the spirit the amplified version that's how it puts it dictates in the sense that the flesh can tell you this is what i want you to do are you still with me i want you to follow me i'm just using this scripture to establish where i'm going to now i want you to look at verse can you go to verse um, verse 15 Come and look at the contradiction that Apostle Paul was facing here. Verse 15 says, Where is then the blessedness you speak of? For I bear you record that if it had been possible, you would have plucked out your own eyes and given them to me. Apostle Paul was telling them, I know that you love me. He was telling them like it was like, like their pastor to members now. You could have removed your eyeballs and said, Pastor, take. That's how much you love me. I can sense that love. Apostle Paul was saying that. But then in verse 16, he says, But now am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you what? The truth. Ah, you that you love me so much, you could pluck out your eyes and give to me. But all of a sudden, because I want your life to improve and I'm taking you to a higher revelation of Jesus and telling you some hard truths, which is hard on your flesh, but that is what you need to move from childhood to adulthood in order to enjoy the blessing of God. Now I'm your enemy for telling you the truth. Would you rather prefer I allow you to stay there on the childhood stage and begin to crawl, toss to and fro? Under, the, under bondage, under the elements of this world. See, that is the contradiction that pastors often face. Because you tell a member a truth, he leaves the church. And he's go, he will go and repeat the same thing less where he's going. So you see a certain person who has been in five churches in two years. You know the problem? He doesn't want to hear the truth. And it's sad that there's a possibility that some people are refusing to say the truth in order to keep the people 
but that the people will be in bondage as it were because they will never grow are you following me here my desire is that we grow and we're going to grow in jesus name all right um apostle paul was speaking somewhere he said you all know that i have held back nothing from you all right he said our lives were bare before you there was nothing i hold back i'm not trying to form i'm not trying to stitch anything there's nothing i'm holding back so this line of teaching we are going into is not something your flesh will enjoy because i want to challenge your flesh do you know how addictions are formed it's very simple habits addictions that's it habits addictions habits addictions you say no no i'm not, I'm not an addict because the way you inter- interpret the word addict, addict or addiction is that somebody who is a sex addict or who is addicted to urine or marijuana or is beyond that. Are you following me? Now let me show you some things. The first thing I would like you to know, if you have an addiction, it could be sex addiction. And note that, note this, that sex addiction does not mean you are sleeping around. I, I, I taught us that sometimes back, but let me try and explain further. Because this is where the devil keeps a lot of people in bondage in the body of Christ. So when you think, because that's how I used to think as a pastor too. When I think sex addiction, I'm thinking somebody who is addicted to sleeping around and no, not necessarily. You can have sex addiction and yet you have not slept with anybody. It's all taking place mentally. This is why Jesus Christ said in Matthew 5, 29, if you look at a woman lustfully, you have already committed adultery with her in your heart. How can I just look at somebody? And Jesus Christ said in translates to adultery. So, sex addiction is not sleeping with somebody. It, is, it includes fantasizing. Are you following me? It includes mentally undressing someone and sleeping with that person in your mind. It's an addiction. But that's not where I'm going. I'm not, I'm not looking at sex addiction today. I'm looking at addictions in the general sense. And I want to show you how to break free. Now, this teaching is a series. Probably some Sundays, maybe three, four, five Sundays or six or even more. So try and not miss any of the Sundays on Wednesdays the same series of teaching but we're going to be more practical questions you know interactive sections on Wednesdays but on Sundays we do the teaching now listen to me the first thing you probably need to understand is that your addiction is not you that's that's the number one thing that the devil uses to trap a lot of people and keep them in perpetual bondage your addiction is not what it's not you and you are not your addiction your addiction is probably ruining you right now but in order to deal with it you must first accept that you are not your addiction i said on wednesday it is normal to have sexual thoughts once in a while flipping thoughts all men will bear witness with that 
maybe you are just going and you see somebody you like or who matches the kind of figure you or something you imagine as a beautiful woman a sexual thought can come quickly and the bible tells you what to do casting down imaginations and every high thing that results against knowledge of god in other words you don't accommodate it and take it in you cast it out however when the sexual thoughts consume you several times in the day several times day in day out then that is an addiction are you following me here you should know the difference something you have to do uncontrollably is an addiction now when, when, when you when you eat before you go to bed and then you have to wake up around 12 a.m and then 3 a.m and then 4 30 a.m and then you see take breakfast you're addicted to food just take it like that and the the greatest problem will be that you are not fat so something will tell you because much if i'm hungry she better eat but it's already an addiction an average person should eat three times a day isn't it ah, three times a day you can one or two snacks in there but three times and as you grow older you discover that you reduce it to two times if you're a pastor sometimes it's one time because after you fast for a while fasting becomes a lifestyle when you were young or growing up, you say, ah, when I grow up like this, I'm going to have a lot of money, I'm going to eat all kinds of food. Then you have the money and then you can't eat. You're looking at the food, but you, you can't eat because of health reasons. As you grow older, you can't eat past 6 p.m. It's not going to help you. Oh, you can survive it in your 30s, but as you cross to 40, 45, your body will start to react. You finish salmon, 9 p.m., you get home, you tell your wife, you must cook. Ah, you must cook. So she cooks. Food is ready at 11.30 p.m. You descend on it. You are not helping yourself. A, one, of the, one of the God's generals during the healing revival in the United States of America, his name is Jaco. Massive, FT big man. Again, to warn him that he is going to die if he doesn't take care of three things. Number one, he said, his health. I mean, this was God sending a personal message. So it's more that you can't eat all things. Hello. Ah, it's not everything you can eat. If it doesn't take care of his health, number two, if he doesn't uh, uh, caution himself in the area of finances, and number three, if um, he, he doesn't learn to discern the body of Christ, that's his love work. You know, Kenneth Egan, sorry, tried to tell him and all of that, but he just kind of dismissed it. I think somebody interrupted and one way or the other, a few months after he died. Now, Jaco died in his 30s that man would have been a blessing to the body of christ if he lived to his 80s because jaco in his 30s are you following me will organize crusade not the type you know crusade of people on wheelchairs or crusade of cripples and all they, there was one he did they call it stretcher night eh? people on stretcher people that are caught out to death people that have passed out in coma this is kind of crusade and all of them will be healed. One of the meetings he held, cripples, he, was, he would leave them, you know, an FT man, he would leave them on cripples and throw them across his shoulders. As they are landing, they are getting healed. It's a gift of faith. Now, he died in his 30s. Heavily anointed, but the body that houses the spirit was not taken care of. You get to a place where you have to start to caution yourself. 
Now, the, the way things are in the realm of food, physical things, is the way it is in the realm of the spirit and in the realm of your soul. So, I start to caution myself about my thought patterns. It's not every thought I must receive and dwell on and meditate on. As I begin to caution myself, I say, no, I shouldn't be thinking about that. I shouldn't be doing that. What am I doing? I'm moving from childhood to sonship. Apostle Paul was trying to teach them. He said, no, I'm I'm your enemy because I'm telling you the truth. Meanwhile, I just want you to what? To grow. Are you still with me? All right, let's go on. Now, I said your addiction is not you. The second thing is that you always have a choice. Let me tell somebody you always have a choice. You are not how you are or who your addict keeps telling you that you are. No. Your path to freedom begins with a realization. A realization that, hey, I have lost control over food. I've lost control over sex. I've lo- that realization must, hit, must settle that there's an issue here. Because what you don't confront, you cannot correct. And Abu Paul was trying to help them in confrontation. He became their enemy. So I'm now your enemy for trying to sort out an aspect of your life that has already become an addiction because of habitual pattern in your life. Anything you make habit becomes addicted. Now, let me tell you, you can't help it. You have to be addicted to something. So be addicted to Jesus. Be addicted to his word. The way man is, the, the nature of man, we, we are curious. They are, if you are not addicted to Jesus, you'll be addicted to something else. Something has to be feeding your life. Something has to be motivating you. Something has to wake you up in the morning. When you wake up, something wakes you up. So rather, become addicted to Jesus. Come and say, I'm addicted to Jesus. I'm addicted to God's word. It's good to be God's addict, isn't it? It's beautiful. That will be, that will be in bondage and be a devil's addict. So, there has to be realization. And don't excuse yourself because sometimes you will be the, the area where you have an addic- addiction could be just one area and then you are strong in the other area the, that scripture tells us when you were a child you are under the elements he said but now you are sons meaning that you are not supposed to be under those elements your sonship is a status that announces your freedom from those habits and addictions Addictions are not meant to be with you for life. There can be addiction to depression. Ah, why am I happy? Ah, I've not been depressed for a while. Let me lock myself up. It's, it's an addiction. There are people who are addicted to depression. They, such people will seek a problem. They will go and trouble somebody to annoy them, to move them into that mood. Are you following me? There's addiction to sex. There's addiction to food. There's addiction to Coca-Cola. I hope you know that. You are beginning to see now that everybody has addictions. But you see, you can't be contradicting the law of health and be claiming healing. Ah, 
That's like mocking God's word. And the Bible says God is not mocked. You, you give money to Ketra to make cake and you finish half. And they are correcting you and you say, ah, don't you know I have sweet teeth? My tooth, my, tooth, my teeth, everything is sweet. Eh? It's not going to be funny. Are you following me? I said there has to be a realization. When that realization is there, it is the beginning. One of the treatments that was given to people who have addiction, let me tell you, this is psychology. The therapist will tell the man that has the addiction, he said, when next that addiction wants to come or you feel like doing it, see the, ad- the addiction as a sub-persona in you. Don't see it as you. See it as a separate entity. That aligns with scripture a little bit because most of those things can be demonic influence. You understand what I say? So he says, so what you do is when the feeling to do something that you are addicted to comes, speak back to the sub-personal. Say, why do I have to do it? See, the moment you start learning to detach yourself, like the addiction is not me. This is not me. If you accept it's you, you are not going to be able to be free. So you detach yourself. No, 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 no. The fact that I, I, I do this all the time, this is not me. So you come to a place where you can speak back to yourself. Dictates of the flesh. The flesh screams, I want sex, I want sex, I want sex. And you tell the flesh, oh God, no sex. And that's it. As long as you get up quickly, you are not married yet, outside matrimony, and you go for sex, you are still under the element. Your body is gaining ascendancy over you. Your flesh is dictating to you. And as long as you do that, there are a certain level of inheritance and blessings that cannot be handed over. Which also means there won't be fulfillment of purpose, what God exactly created you to be. Because if you are not free from an addiction, how do you set some other people free? Also know that we receive mercy so that we can give mercy. So the area in which you are oppressed or attacked or or where your weakness is is also where your strength is that is also the area where you need to help other people however if you refuse to move from childhood into sonship you are not going to be able to help anybody the one that wants to make you free must first of all be what be free so there's no way you can help any other person to be free until you are free and this is the price you need to pay for your destiny. You need to move on. You can't be listening to the flesh every day, every time, subjugated over your carnal nature and unable to move forward in life. You can't. If God were to show you the things you are missing as a result of listening to the flesh all the time, hey, the Bible says the carnal man is an enemy of God. That carnal nature cannot please God. As long as you are in that frame of carnality and listening to your body, listening to your flesh, listening to the uh, dictates of the body and what your flesh wants, you are not going to be able to move into the place where God wants you to be. Is somebody following me here? God wants you to come into the place of maturity. 
Your future is glorious, people of God. Massively glorious. That is why the devil is bringing that weakness and that addiction into your life to stop you and circumvent the plan of God in your life. But you've got to make up your mind and say, no, I'm, going, I'm not going to disobey heavenly vision. I'm going to fulfill purpose. I'm going to discipline my body. I'm not going to entertain just any... any my, 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 my spirit, my soul will not be a landing place for any kind of thoughts. My soul will not be a refuse ground where the devil can deposit anything and everything. It's a quality decision you have to make. Are you following me here? What is the addiction you have? Face it. Realize it. And begin to ask God for mercy to be free. You can break those compulsive behavioral patterns. If you don't break it, what, will you hand, what legacy will you hand over to your children? They are going to bring them into the same weakness. Because what they observe you do is what they will do. There will be a transference of your weakness. That's why you see, you, you see, see the, the way things move from parents to children is massive. Massive. Are you following me here? Somebody says, so if it's a genetic transfer and this thing has been done, so what am I supposed to do? There can, can there be freedom? Let me tell anybody there can be freedom. This is where Jesus Christ comes in. So you speak to the sub-personal. No, I'm not going to do that. That's wrong. No, I'm not going to smoke this money. No, I'm not going to drink this money. No, I'm not going for any prostitute this money. It's wrong. I'm not going. And for the first time, you begin to see that I can actually be in charge. I, I, don't, I don't have to yield to this thing. Because the previous lie is that the devil tells you, you are your addiction. But you are not. Come on, say, I'm not my addiction. Because the problem is that the addict will substitute a sick relationship to an event or process for a healthy relationship with others. Now, hear me and hear me well. Most addictions begin. I want to show you how it starts. In our childhood. And this is how it happens. A lot of things happen when we're growing up that is defective. That is, it is not the right thing. Number one is lack of parenting. Hmm? Number two is overparenting. There has to be balance. When you do overparenting, no. You can't go anywhere. You can't go out. You stay indoors. That's overparenting. The slightest opportunity that that child has to get out is going to mess up. Lack of parenting, the child begins to do whatever he wants to do from a young age. Both ways, it's defective. Another thing that can cause that is sexual abuse, verbal abuse. That sexual abuse is even common. House help. Cousin, gate man, lesson teacher, fiddling your skirts inside your skirt, touching what's not supposed to touch, and you think all those things are, are just in the past. No, sometimes that's where those things start from. Now, let me give you a typical example you can relate from. So, a guy goes to school and his friend introduces, introduces him or her to pornography. And he sees it and, say, and he sees that it's enjoyable, but you know it's wrong. No, 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 I, no, I can't do all of these things. Following day, he has issue with his parents, and then his parents uh, maltreated him. That's the way he sees it. 
the parents see it as discipline he sees it as maltreatment and the parents say now go into the into the pentrum and stay there for seven hours i don't want to see you downstairs so he goes there and he's sad and he's unhappy now in that sad stage where he is he's going to bring out what i call coping mechanism it's a natural thing for anybody so the coping mechanism will make him remember what he saw yesterday with his friend and he will look for it as a quick solution or panacea for the problem that he's having currently are you still with me that's how he starts the next time they punish him he goes there the next time they punish him he goes there after a while it becomes an addiction to some other people addictive tendencies which becomes a problem later begins with house help or cousin or lesson teacher sexually abusing a young child and tells the young child if you tell your parents you will die so inside that little child's mind all right he's struggling with the experience of the abuse and most of the time it's all often repeated as it's been repeated if the child begins to feel something is wrong with this and yet cannot say it out so the child is taught to go into his thoughts as coping mechanism and because the child is still young most of the thoughts will be defective and negative are you following me so he resorts to negative pattern of thinking from like age four five six he begins to see sex as bad or terrible sometimes the house help or the cousin or the person is not even sexually abusing her again or him again but he's not even looking forward to do to it because he's already becoming an addiction inside his mind now listen he or she now begins to replay the event of that first time he begins to replay it and replay it and replay it until that event is tattooed in his brain several years after he or she gets married and can properly prop, uh, properly have a healthy sexual relationship with the spouse without reverting back in his or her thought back to that moment when he was a child what do you call that is an addiction sex addict with a past experience addiction with a past experience so the spouse ask the husband or the wife say why are you like this now why are you doing like this he said there's nothing let me tell you something you are as bound or you are in bondage as much as you are secretive the day that you'll be free from that past experience in your childhood is the day you gather boldness and say it out as long as you keep it a secret it remains in the thought realm the moment you have some just one person to share it with you break that pattern in the thought realm it's no longer afflicting you in the realm of thought you can talk to somebody and your freedom is announced are you following me now because that thing happened in the childhood apostle paul now says jesus christ was sent to us as sons so that we can be adopted as sons so that we move from childhood to adulthood but see what the devil has done he will keep on taking you back to the past experience are you following me 
It happens, it happens to almost everybody. Think about it. Maybe the first time you fought in your life. The first, the first ever time you fought in your life. So you remember the event. Every time somebody annoys you, you are taken back to that moment. If you were beaten, you don't want to fight. If you were the one that beat that person, say, I will kill this one now. We don't know, but we always revert back to the past. Imagine somebody who is 55 years old reverting back to an experience of 6 years old. He's matured outwardly psychologically. He's been stuck in his childhood. Stuck. Which is why when psychologists start, therapists start dealing with people that have addictions, they will take them back to the past. Say, can you remember when this started? I think I was three years old. Oh, beautiful. When? Were you alone? Well, they will take them back. Just try to make them to talk. Uh, in Romans chapter 12, I think, it says, Be ye transformed. Right? By what? Renewal of your mind. Those are the things the psychologists were trying to do. They are trying to renew the mind. They have some level of result. But the thing that actually renews your mind is the word of God. So you see somebody who is sexually promiscuous, sleeps around. See that girl, very useless girl, just sleeping around. Don't call her a useless girl. Don't call her promiscuous. Because chances are that if you went through the abuse you went through, you almost be in her shoes. Most young girls, their lives were damaged when they were younger. And they wouldn't know why they are the one looking for guys, looking for sex. See, the moment that thing happened in childhood, the self-esteem dies. The person feels dirty. Which is why when you find somebody who has just been raped or sexually abused, they go into the bedroom under the showers. <sighs> they start doing like that. They're trying to wash it away, but sponge won't get there. It won't get there. It won't. The word of God is quick, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. The Bible says it will discern the spirit and the soul. Meaning that if you look, I don't even know whether this issue is in my spirit or in my soul. He said the word of God will discern and be able to identify this where the issue is. This is where we need to go. And this is what Apostle Paul was trying to tell them. I'm trying to give you the word, which is the solution. Now I'm your enemy. You mean you want to continue living like this? You want to continue feeding your addictions? You can't do that. You can't keep on going back to your vomit. Eh, eh, my problem is that I have it. I, I used to have, I used to have, since 20 years you are born again. You used to have. Oga, you need to move to adulthood. Otherwise, you are no different from a servant. You get to heaven, but you are no different from a servant. A servant don't sit on the throne. You are a king, but by virtue of indisciplined lifestyle. Be addicted to God's word that you can't leave your room until you read three, four, five chapters. That's a good addiction there. It will set you free. Most people are addicted to masturbation. Especially in this age that we are in. And the devil has given you enough reason to keep going back from your phones. 
ordinarily going through the home stage, home screen of your Instagram, you end up masturbating. But for how long are you going to do that? You that God has called to go and set people free. Heaven is depending on you. You don't get it. You don't. You don't get it. Hey, it's my life. It's my life. It's not your life. It's not your life. You can't even extend your life by one second. If the owner of life comes, it's over. It is never your life. It is never about you. It's about God. So your goal is to want to please him every time. Is it because of this addiction? No, 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 no. I'm going to face it. This thing will not master me. You, because most of the times, you identify what is wrong. You know it. But you keep on living in denial. So the, 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 the pastor comes and God is even using the pastor to mention it. And you say, ah, sister Sube, because in church. <laughs> All right, not there, sorry. Pastor is talking about you. He said, tell them, pastor. No, I want to tell you. I need you to grow. This was the problem Apostle Paul had with the Corinthians church. I said, yeah, yet can A man is sleeping with his father's wife. And then go. Every she choir leader. He said, what's wrong with you? When it goes to Galatians, he said, ye foolish Galatians, what's wrong with you? What entered your head? This is not the gospel we handed over to you. How did you move from serving Christ to serving self? You're going to have to confront the addictions. I told you, this is a series. Don't miss any of this series because... I'm not going to repeat myself, but we'll get there to a point where you know, okay, this is what I need to do. And I've told you today that your addiction is not you. It's a separate entity. Addicted to prostitution. So the man that wanted to help him, therapist, said, let's go. Let's go pick a prostitute. The kind you normally pick and where you normally pick them. Let's go. So put the man in the car. He sat at the back of the car. So they went. They went and saw the kind of girl he usually picks. Called the girl. The girl knows him. And of course, the girl was a little bit scared to come in because there's a third party. And they said, it's money you want now. They showed him words of uh, bills. I said, don't worry. So she came in. And as they were driving slowly, the man at the back began to ask that prostitute and said, come, really tell me. Tell me the truth. Do you really enjoy the sex? She didn't want to answer. They said, no. We, we, he's not even going to have sex with you today. We just want to ask a few questions. Please feel free. So she started talking. She said, I don't enjoy any sex. And the man said, so why are you doing this? He said, I just have to do it. I hate my dad. My dad slept with me, violated me when I was young. My dad messed me up. Useless man. He beat me up every time. So it was the verbal and sexual abuse, physical abuse that led her into prostitution. She's not enjoying it, but she's stuck in it. Now, the moment that lady said what she said, they let her go and gave her, gave her his card so that she can be helped. She was eventually helped. But the man that used to pick up the prostitute for the first time got the realization that the person I'm even picking to have sex with is not even enjoying herself. There's nothing here. And that was the beginning of his freedom. The moment you learn to attach pain to your addiction you're on the road to freedom 
before you have that sex with your fiance, which you are not married to, think about air. Eh? Download air fire into your phone and check it. If you have issues with negative thoughts, you read your Bible, but on the physical level, do you know what was recommended? Get a rubber band, put it in your hand. Every time you catch yourself thinking negative, pull it. Bah! Feel the pain. Not that you pull it small, pull it hard. Next time you catch yourself thinking negative, pull it again. He said, as you begin to do that, listen, your brain begins to receive a message and begins to attach pain to that negative thought pattern. After a while, your brain refuses to cooperate with you on that realm of negative thinking. I know that's painful. I don't want pain here. Do you know every addiction begins with something that's recorded in the brain? Including chocolate addiction, Indian hemp. Are you following me? Sex addiction. So this is what happens. You, you saw pornography or you have sex or you took chocolate. The brain records that enjoyment process. That, that little time you enjoyed yourself. The brain will record the event that this is the event that makes this guy happy. So anytime you are down, the brain, in, the, in its innocence, replace the event that will make you happy because it doesn't want you sad. And what it brings back is what you have recorded. So pornography comes back, or sex comes back, or chocolate comes back. So you go for it. And even recorded it more, and it's stacking your recording. I say, wow, wow. That's how addiction begins. Do you know how I was able to conquer the sin of, of masturbation? I've told you several times. 19 years old. Read in a book that I read in a book that 95% of boys masturbate. The rest are lying. And I've never masturbated. So I began, the devil told me, you are not normal. If 95% are masturbating, 5% are telling lies, then you have normal. And I've never had sex before. So the urge that to realize that I'm a man, I'm, I'm normal, pushed me into it. And it became an addiction. So here I was, a young pastor. Pastor in training, masturbating. One day we're going for evangelism. And in Shagamu, we're going to start a fellowship. So our pastor sent five of us. So we went, we got there, Osu. So we're holding hands and we're saying, let's just say a word of prayer before we go out on evangelism. There was this fan that was, eh? that was ruling. And the, the girl, the medical student was telling us the story of the fan. He said, that fan is older than me. It's my grandmother that gave it to my mom and my mom gave it to me. I said, ah, okay. I said, because the way he's doing care, care. He somehow, he said, ah, no, he's a strong fan. So we held hands to pray. As we pray, fanfare. Five people plus our own six, making six in a circle. Now only me fan you too. That the blade of the fan gave me a deep cut on my upper lip. In two minutes, eh, it was like this. I was like a monster. They quickly put ice block, uh, you know, medical student. Of course, evangelism suspended for me. So I had to return back. And as I was going back, people are looking at me, ah, kill it. And 
I remember that God has dealt with me about stopping masturbation three months earlier and I told God I'll stop. And God told me that day, if you do it again, your shame will be seen by all. I had it. As I was going on the road, people were staring at me. I remember your shame will be seen by all. That's part one. I go back to my pastor. I said, what happened to you? I said, ah, the devil is a liar. I mean, I know the devil is not a liar. I know what happened. Yeah, the devil is a liar. They found faith. He said, ah, sorry. I said, sir, I won't be able to be in church tomorrow. He said, no. No. You have to come. I said, like this. I said, no, you come. Because this, that's where you can find healing. You come. Ha. Now, the way the church is, the technical department is on stage facing the people. And I'm the one sitting down facing everybody. I said, okay, sir, I will come. But let me sit down. He said, no. You sit in your normal place. People didn't listen to him that day in summer. It's me they were looking at. You know the feeling of entering the ground for the ground to swallow you. I felt that shame of myself. That was what stopped masturbation. That pain that was attached to it. Few months after, I felt the urge to masturbate again. I said, "Them fan have four You will be blinded by fan." That was the end. Several years later, I never knew. I didn't even know I would have a ministry along that line. How many people have we prayed for? On the phone. 20 years masturbation. Pew! On the phone. Because God helped me knew. God gave me an experience to move in that area of my life from a child. Do you understand? I've got to stop here because of time. Hallelujah. Talk to God and ask for healing. Especially if you are able to identify any form of compulsive behavior. Ask Him for healing. Ask Him to help you. Because it can help. That addiction doesn't have to continue in your life. Don't allow the devil to trap you. That bondage is not yours. Ah, it's my, it's my bondage. It's my problem. It is not. You can divorce it today. Go ahead and talk to God and ask Him to help you. Ask Him to help you. Father, the name of Jesus, bring ourselves to you this morning. Pray for everybody under the sound of my voice. We ask for your help and deliverance in the name of Jesus. Put your right hand on your chest. I come against every demonic influences. Everybody stand and close your eyes. Lend a basho to Krimisika Pika Giga. I come against every demonic power that be. In the name of Jesus, begin to lose your hold upon these ones. Reshabala Kesa. Holy Ghost. Melanekanda Shataba. Roshatega. Zetate Kapekotate. Lenda Brashto Kaparazola Batea. Ento Gabarate Tete Holy Spirit, touch everybody touch them 
سلام فری نم برداشت کیش ورلوشالی منیزیا ثانکیو هولی گوست هندا برداتین دو سکر بیده دیشتا یس 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 touch holy spirit touch 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 in the name of jesus i rebuke that spirit i rebuke that spirit in the name of jesus you spirit that is holding that president bondage i rebuke in the name of jesus that mental chain is broken now 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 in the name of jesus ela bakata susufrikata pakataya larishte frisusamenta Holy Ghost, touch, touch every man, every woman. In the name of Jesus, let there be freedom right now. Set free, set free. In the name of Jesus, set free, Holy Ghost. Set free, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray, and everybody say, Amen. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Take your seat for a minute. Glory to God.